The future is youth. Hi friends, it's Kelsey. On this week's episode of The Future is Youth, we talked to the Sacramento Native American Health Center's communication manager, Janine. Janine Gaines is a citizen of the Potawatomi Nation and is a communications professional specializing in outreach to unserved and underserved communities. She has supported the social marketing efforts of tribal communities as both a consultant and a co-author of Ignite, Sparking Community Change Through Social Marketing, written in partnership with the SAHMSA Tribal Training and Technical Assistance Center. Janine has worked on local and statewide behavior change campaigns, focusing on reducing mental health stigma, suicide prevention and intervention, reducing infant mortality, and increasing human trafficking awareness in tribal communities. Janine holds a Bachelor's of Arts from California State University, Chico, in communication design. The Sacramento Native American Health Center, also known as SNAC, is a nonprofit and federally qualified health center committed to continue and share the legacy of a healthy American Indian and Alaskan Native community based on cultural values delivered through a traditional, innovative, and accessible patient-centered health home. SNAC offers primary care, oral health, behavioral health, specialty, and supportive services in Midtown Sacramento. They are open to all and all are welcome. Hi everyone, it is Kelsey. Welcome back. And Kenna. And today we are here with Janine from the Sacramento Native American Health Center. How are you doing? Hi, good. How are you guys? We're good. We are so excited to talk to you about all the things. We were totally just snooping on the Sacramento Native American Health Center website, looking at all the cool things you do. So we're very excited. I think we didn't really realize how much y'all do in the community. (laughs) Well, and that's crazy to me because I actually used to work right next door at the SAC LGBT Center. And I was literally like neighbors with you Mm -hmm. all. And I would always send people to you, but I never really knew all the things. So um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to hear about all of the things and and have conversations with you. Um, Janine, if you want to go ahead and just give yourself like a brief introduction, tell us a little bit about you and what you do with uh, SNAC and kind of some of the services you all have. Um, Sure. So uh, my name is Janine. I am the communications manager here at SNAC. I've been here for almost four years, which is super exciting because I've never worked anywhere four years. Like Mm -hmm. I was quit around year three. um, So I've never had a four year anniversary. So so I think I think they have a big little celebration plan. At least my team does, because they know this is a pretty big deal if I make it to four years. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been here for four years. I'm an enrolled member of the Citizen Potawatomi Nation from Shawnee, Oklahoma, um, which is what kind of drew me to SNAC. So we are a federally qualified health center. Uh, we do see all people, anyone can get care at SNAC. Uh, we, I would say about 80% of our patients are um, Medi-Cal recipients. However, we do have special programs for the Native community. So we are both a federally qualified health center and an urban Indian health center. So we are able to do both and just bring a richer experience to our patients. 
We offer medical, dental, and behavioral health, along with specialty services like podiatry, chiropractic care. We have Sage LaPena on staff, who's a certified um, ethnobotanist and clinical herbalist and traditional medicine woman. Wow. our native patients are able to see her as a specialist um, and kind of she'll take a look at their medication, the types of chronic illnesses that they're dealing with and be able to give them um, plant medicine and really try to work them off of some of the um, medications that they're taking. So love that program. Um, and then also for the people listening, she does offer classes too that are open for everyone in the community. So if you're interested in herbalism, I cannot speak um I cannot speak enough about that program just because it's super cool. She kept me safe all through flu season every year. I take her uh, like immunity classes and make sure I have like all my teas, all my herbs, everything ready to go. Um, So that's just, just great. So we offer a lot of um, really kind of specialty services along with the uh, general care for the public. What an amazing compliment to be able to have what to me seems like really honoring um, a person's like native, just the things in their community that um, are so important to them and to be able to come into a health center, which, you know, I think for a lot of um, folks that are indigenous or marginalized, like Trusting healthcare might not be the first yeah. thing. And so to be able to come in and, and see like, wow, I have providers that look like me and that honor, uplift and respect the things that um, that I know, um, that's really wonderful that you all have that. Oh, yes. I mean, because we, we, we know that for people, especially if you're dealing with like health problems, mental health problems, things like that, that, you know, there might be cultural nuances. And we try to understand that not just for our native patients, but for all patients that they're coming, you know, with certain backgrounds, you know, maybe their family has to come with them. And how do we accommodate those things? We know in our native community that culture is prevention. And so if people like, yes, talking to a therapist is great. Having medication is great, but also reconnecting back to your culture, especially for those of us in urban areas who are not near our tribes, that that's prevention and that's important for your health as well. Um, So being able to have the flexibility and the support to offer different programs and different um, just modalities of healing for people is really important here at Snack. I think that I literally got goosebumps mm-hmm. when you said culture is prevention because I just think like that is so powerful and so true. And like Kenna and I, Communicare is a, a federally qualified health center as well. And so we've seen a little bit of that. And I think just it's such a beautiful connection that you all are making where you have that side of things where anybody can come in and get services and get uh, obviously like needed health care. But then you also have this beautiful part that really is focusing on on that culture is prevention and like that oh god that just was so beautiful yeah and so um what we would love to know a little bit more about too um and this is something that we found when we were just scrolling through um the beauty that is the website but what you have in terms of your youth programming and uplifting um the young adults in our community Yes, so we have um, a couple things going on with our youth. Um, Through our community health department, we have our Native Youth Ambassadors and our Junior Ambassadors, also known as Little Snacks. 
Um, <laughs> and this, yes, we, we love that. We're like, you guys That is so cute. Little spin. Oh, I cannot. That is so cute. <laughs> so, yes, oh. so the, the ambassadors really help guide our programming for our community health department. Um, it did come probably about three years ago out of a grant that we had to um, really look at the mental health system here in Sacramento and how it serves Native people. So mm -hmm. through that grant, we started our Native Youth Ambassador Program because we really believe, you know, um, it can't be about us without us. Um, and so if we're going to try to change things for Native youth, I mean, I'm 37 years old. What do I know? You know, like as my nieces and children will tell me, like I'm not too hip anymore. Um, so we really need to have that youth voice to guide and direct. You know, what is it like to be a native youth in an urban area? How can we support you? What does that look like? Um, you know, so having them really lead the program um, and lead things for us. So that program um, is for youth uh, like 13 up to 23 or 24 um, through that, that transition age youth period. And then um, we were able to start the little snacks. And so those are nine to 12 year olds. And the goal for them is for them to be paired with a youth ambassador um, kind of like a buddy mentorship. So by the time they're 13, they're ready to go. Like they're ready to be an ambassador. They've already been with the program. They know the drill, um, you know, and they're not just coming in kind of, you know, with, with no idea what to expect. Um, as with everyone else, COVID threw a wrench in our game. So we are not as far along as we would have hoped, um, but we're getting the youth back together now um, that things kind of, you know, we're still dealing with COVID, but Everyone's used to using Zoom now. Everyone's used to being distant. So how can we bring them back and really start planning programming for the other youth in Sacramento? Because uh, the program has about 20 youth. So um, really the goal for them is that they are taking the charge in planning events, planning programming, um, and really leading the way to get other youth involved. So how does that look? Um, in addition, Hi. while we were doing all of this, um, one of the things that exploded during COVID is just marketing. People weren't doing events. So I know I had mm -hmm. money, other people had money. So we were mm -hmm. looking at, okay, what can be done on that front? And at the same time, some of the youth were like, hey, you know, during the summer, we're, we're looking for things to do. So we actually started a uh, Native Youth Comms team. Um, so those are seven youth who work directly with my team and I to create advertisements, depending How on awesome. the, the topic. Yeah. So the first one we did was a mental health campaign. It's okay to not be okay. Just recognizing, you know, we've all gone through collectively a very traumatic 18 mm -hmm. months. Um, and uh -huh. that's okay if you're struggling, you know, but you need to reach out to someone, you need to call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, our partners at the California Consortium for Urban Indian Health, they have a, a red line, a warm line for Native people to call mm -hmm. if they need support. Um, so the youth were able to create a whole campaign around that. It's up around Sacramento right now. Um, there's C-Store posters, we're putting up a billboard. Uh, their flyers and posters and postcards have gone out to all of the Native organizations, all of the urban Indian health centers in California. Um, one, just to share this very important message about getting help, but two, for these youth to make their first campaign and have it be so well received, have it go all throughout the state um, with their photos. We had a Native youth take pictures. 
Um, they worked with the designer, they wrote the copy, you know, top to bottom. It was a youth led project. Um, so it's very exciting for them to be able to see, you know, we're not just saying like, oh, let's do something, but okay, let's do it. Let's execute. And now, you know, you can actually see it in real life. How exciting for them yeah. too to be able to like see these things around the places that they live and the places that they might visit and have ownership over that. That's and amazing. Like, I did that. Yeah. That's well, yeah, and I just too am blown away because, like I said, Kenna and I were kind of scrolling through. Um, we were looking at the youth ambassadors page, and I was so shocked. I was like, "Oh my gosh, there are nine year olds!" And I just I'm obsessed with like the little snack. Nickname, I think, is just the most adorable. But also, like, that is so important. There's, like, not really any sort resources for folks that are under 13, mm-hmm. right? A lot yeah. of programs start doing programming for 12 to 13 mm-hmm. and then go through Tay Youth. But oftentimes you have these little babies, yeah. these, like, 8, 9, yeah. 10, 11, 12-year-olds that get missed in that. And so like how amazing that they get to be a part of like these amazing, really uplifting and empowering projects at that age. Like there's really not anything else like that in Sacramento. Not that I know of at least. Maybe people Well, and also that that center on their native identity. I think what, what you were saying about being in an urban setting and being removed from your tribe, mm-hmm. um, this is mm-hmm. a way that that can sort of they're, they're almost like creating their own tribe, yeah. right? Like, of, Yeah, of definitely. Youth. I mean, cause we have, you know, kids who their tribes are local and they can, you know, my tribe's from Oklahoma, so I don't know the local um, traditions and, mm-hmm. you know, about their regalia or anything like that. So they're able to teach me, I'm able to teach them, they're able to teach each other, you know, and for our, the, the little ones, we've gotten such a great response from parents because, yeah, the same thing. It's like, okay, there's stuff for the older kids and the little kids get to ride in the car while big sisters dropped mm-hmm. off at her program, but they don't really have anything. Um, yeah. Our, our friends at Back Republic uh, FC have been great partners. Pre-COVID, we were able to have an event with them um, and they did a youth soccer clinic for us for Native youth and we could oh, go as young as four years old and the parents were just overjoyed because now the little yeah. kids get um, they get to participate. Um, it was fantastic. And um, I don't have too many details yet, but we have recently talked to Sac Republic again. So it looks like that will be happening again at the end of October. Yeah. Um, so we're really excited because we just love, you know, doing stuff for the little ones. And the, our, our ambassadors, they love working with the littles and they love working with their elders. And so just giving them that platform, um, you know, and really it's the platform and it's the logistical support to be able to, you know, support others in the community. So that's what our kids are all about. They're all about helping yeah. each other, helping the elders, helping the littles, and they just need, you know, like someone to help with logistics. But besides that, they got it. They can do it. Well, and I love that a lot because I feel like um, those types of interactions were like obviously very critical pre-COVID. Yeah. And then in COVID, mm-hmm. we lost so much of that. And so when you're talking about like this soccer clinic where kids as young as four and up can go, that's amazing because especially with, obviously we're not coming out of COVID yet, right? We're still in it, but uh, things are hopefully... Looking more positive than they have uh, in the last 18 months. Like, mm-hmm. what a little break, not only for the youth and the kids, but for the parents, 
right? Like I know that parenting has been hard over this whole time. And so the fact that there's just so many ways for all of these kids and youth and young adults to like be involved with your programs are amazing. Um, So I, I guess question to you, how would people get involved with this type of stuff? What does that look like on your end for how youth could reach out to be on these committees and to get connected to these services? Um, the biggest thing would definitely be to follow us on social. That's where we put everything. So, um, you know, just search SAC, N-A-H-C, so Sacramento Native American Health Center. Um, that's the best way to kind of learn about what we're doing. We would utilize that to share as the youth start creating their own programming. Um, they had a meeting last week. They're helping this week. So they're really looking at, okay, what can we do? What programming can we start uh, to support other youth in the community? So definitely follow us on social um, you know, we're out at a lot of different events. So just kind of coming up to the table saying, Hey, and I know for our youth, we're trying to get them more involved with other like programs. I, some, one of our youth is on the, um, for the city, one of the youth commissions. So really mm-hmm. helping connect them, not just with na- other native youth, but other youth in general to start building up their capacity and building up their networks. But Following us on social is definitely the way to go right now. Awesome. And we'll definitely, uh, we'll link all of the social media and the ways to get a hold of you all in all of the show notes. So people listening um, right now or later will have access to all of the different ways to get a hold of you all and connect with you. Well, and it sounds mm-hmm. like to me too that um, that SNAC is way more than just a health center. Yeah. Right? Like it's really yeah. seems like it is um, a community space. And, uh, and a community need too. I mean, I Mm -hmm. think that as much as we are going through a pandemic, like there is going to be this ripple effect of grief that, um, all of us will experience. And, and I think as the three of us on this podcast know, like youth and young adults are very resilient. Kids are very Mm -hmm. resilient and they, so far what we have seen with the youth and young adults that we work with is, um, they're creative. Mm-hmm. They're um, they're energized. They're ready yeah. to lead, um, and they are still very much in need of um, people to help facilitate that leadership yeah. um, spaces. Mm-hmm. And and more than just, I think something that we kind of realized is like our communities um, weren't big enough, right? Like it takes mm-hmm. a village. It truly yeah. takes a village, and and. Um, and the isolation really hit. And yeah. one of the things that, you know, so Kelsey and I, we run um, a program out in Yolo County um, for, for queer and um, trans-identified and two-spirit youth. Um, and what we've noticed is that there's, they are Zoomed out. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they do not want to do things online, but also it's difficult for them to get places because they're pretty rural. They, things are not walkable. They mm-hmm. might not have, transportation is a hot mess. Um, you know, there's really not mm-hmm. a lot of public transportation. And so, um, you know, I wonder too, youth that are motivated will find these services, right? Um, They'll say, I want to be on these commissions. I want to make a difference. Um, But what about youth that are, you know, fall through the cracks with this stuff? How how are you all getting the message out to all the folks that really need it? 
Yeah, we definitely try to utilize our partnerships as much as possible mm-hmm. um, because not every, you know, Native youth comes to snack. Um, uh-huh. And there are other organizations. We have partnerships. Um, there's a group, Native Dads Network. They do great work. Native Sister Circle. Our friends at Shingle Springs Tribal Tanis, Wilton Rancheria, uh, uh, Fifth Direction. Um, all of these people who do great work. So how can we utilize their networks when we have opportunities? Um, not compete. For youth, but really enhance their experience. Um, you know, like, hey, I know there's something great going on with Native Sister Circle. So, for instance, my group that I work with, with the comms, um, that's my wheelhouse, communications, kind of this workforce development piece. Uh, that is what I do. I am not a culture keeper. I am not like a Native, um, I'm not super well-versed in all things Native, I guess I would say. So mm-hmm. I know, though, that there are women who teach beadwork who, watch, well, I teach beadwork, but, um, you know, teach other things who might <laughs> be more, like, uh, just culturally inclined than I might be, and making sure that you have access to those people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I do is not for everybody. And some people, like I said, maybe they're like, hey, I'm not super interested in, some of the cultural pieces because I already have that back home. Okay, cool. Then are you interested in sports? Let's call Calvin over at Fifth Direction. You know, we all know each other um, and are able to help um, just kind of guide people in those ways. And I think the more that we we work with organizations that are reaching more youth than we can, we can help enhance that. So I definitely think the, the organizational partnerships are so important. Um, as well as, you know, for us, we do have a patient population that we're able to reach out to that maybe they're dealing with mental health um, issues that they need, you know, and yes, they might need to see a therapist, but also being around other youth would be helpful to their mental health as well. Mm -hmm. So how can we incorporate them into programming? Um, So I definitely think, as you mentioned, it does take a village. It takes knowing the people in your village and figuring out the best ways to just really wrap around um, people. We have some great um, just cultural leaders in our community um, and they're able to do things that I can't. And so really having that network is super important. Well, and I love the like emphasis and reliance on that network because I think it's really critical because what, what you're doing is you're creating the safety net. You're Mm -hmm. creating the safety net so that when these youth and, and adults and kids do fall through the cracks, because we know that systems aren't set up to fully support them, that you have this safety net that they can fall into and we can still try and get them connected to things. And I think that that is, like I said, so critical. And I think it's very, um, I think it's really unique as well because I feel like uh, like programming and funding for programs is competitive. Yeah, And like it can, it can really bring out the worst sometimes. And I think that it's so beautiful when organizations really recognize like, hey, we're all in this together and we're in it for a common goal. And whoever gets these programs and gets this stuff, we're just going to continue to work with them because that's how you reach people. And that's how you 
kind of build that community and, and network of safety in that safety mm-hmm. net. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think especially for our youth, you know, they are native youth living in an urban area, um, yeah. which is different than native youth who might live on their like tribal lands. Um, Absolutely. A lot of the youth are mixed. So we have youth who might be native and black, native and Latino. You know, what does that look like? There's a lot of intersectionality. A lot of our youth are two spirit or LGBTQ plus. Um, Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? So having those connections, not just in the Native community, but with other organizations, too, where it's not just their whole identity is Native. Mm -hmm. It's more than that. And so how can we honor that? How can we make sure that they, um, you know, are kind of comfortable across the board? What does that look like? And another thing that that I want to ask you specifically, because I mean, you're, you're in the communications realm, which can be very fun, right? Getting a message out there. How do we Mm -hmm. engage people? But we also know that, um, you know, Kelsey and I have been direct service providers with youth for, you know, the last five, six six years. years. Um, and it can be really hard, you know, Mm -hmm. um, especially when we, when we, when we see the struggles and we get there. So what keeps you inspired to keep doing this work? Um, I would say for me, the, hmm, I think that there will always be a need, but there will always be the wins and you just have to find that. Um, I've been, even though I focus on communications, I did do direct service with youth for, um, several years and, you know, we lost a youth to suicide. We lost a youth to um, you know, a drunk driving accident. And that just like, you know, just tears you up inside. Um, but you know, there are more youth that need you. There are more youth that, you know, would benefit from what you're doing from all of that. So you just have to, to remember, um, you know, those that we've lost, but continue for the next group of young people. You know, we can't just close up shop. Um, you know, and I, I think that there's always more youth and there's always those wins, you know, and just really uh, standing on those wins for, for as long as you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it doesn't always last, but, you know, um, you enjoy it while it does and you, you just have to to keep keep moving. And when you look at the, the length of your career or your time working with youth, there will be more wins. Um, then there were tragedies and you just have to, to remember that. Absolutely. I think sometimes, you know, people um, it's, I think it's really important to honor the struggle and to, mm-hmm. um, you know, honor the memory of folks and to know like normalizing the struggle too. Yeah. I, I think sometimes um, youth look to adults and we like, we're so strong. We've got it all figured out. And I just remind our youth, like, no, we don't. I don't know who gave yeah. me this adult badge, but I am winging it every day. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. You know, really to just look to them and be, and like that's inspiring in itself. Yeah. Right. To see, especially this this upcoming generation, Gen Z is um, kicking butt and taking names. They're man. out here. They're, they're doing they're, it. They're doing it in a way that like I was not doing this stuff when I was a teenager. I was not yeah. as involved. I, I do wish they would leave my skinny jeans and side part alone. But <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. 
Same. We love a good skinny jean. Right? They're like, ooh, <laughs> look at these platform tennis shoes. And like, let me tell you about Spice World. Okay? You do not. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's all right. I'm. I don't need to be cool anymore. They get. They can have. Yeah, that. I don't want it. I'm fine. I'm okay. Um, Janine, last question that we kind of like to leave off with. I think that kind of emphasizes and summarizes all of the things that we've talked about. Um, but what do you think is the future of youth? Oh man, I think the future. I know it's a loaded youth. one. Um, I think the future of youth is beyond what I can even imagine. You know, as you said, mm-hmm. the, these these youth are doing things that we didn't do, doing things that we didn't think of um, when we were their age. And I think that the, the future is even unimaginable to what I can predict. These youth are going to do more than even I can imagine that they do. Yeah. And how beautiful is that too, to be like the generation that we are and not say, well, they're just going to do the same old things we've done. And like, instead we know, oh no, no. Yeah. And I almost like what I want. And I mean, this is like inspiring me. Like I want to tell youth and young adults how inspired and thankful I am Yeah, because I don't know how many adults in my life when I was a teenager told me how thankful for me they were. I got a lot of the opposite. (laughs) And maybe they weren't, but... (laughs) I was not. Well, and I just think like it's a reoccurring thing that we talk about. I feel like every single recording is just like how much we learn from these youth, how much they bring to the table and and their perseverance and like their resiliency and all of these things that just like I feel like adults either have forgotten about or we've lost along the way. And I just feel like there's such a fire under their butts right now. Mm-hmm. And it just is, it, it, it really inspires me to like keep working at things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that. I think that it's this beautiful unknown of what the future is, but we know that it's going to be positive change driven. Mm-hmm. And I think that totally. that is like amazing. Yeah. And yeah, I'm also friend about some things and we were just saying, um, Cause she, she'd asked me about, you know, just within like the black community and the native community, things that have happened and how, um, you know, why it feels like some of these issues are just now coming up. And I was telling her, as we were talking about it, I was like, well, it's not that these issues are just now coming up. There has always been racism. There has always been Mm -hmm. issues, but for like my for me and for my parents and those who came before us it was that this is how it is and you just move past it you just Uh like I was taught you just work twice as hard that's just how it is and that's what we do we we just work twice as hard and we keep pushing and I said I think the difference is now is that the kids there are like but why like yes I'll work Uh hard yeah why are we like hey you just have to work twice hard oh okay no they're like no yeah that's not okay. They We're going to tear it. this system down. So they question it and they say, they question it and they say, this has not worked. It's not working. It's not going to continue to work. So we just need to tear everything down and start from the beginning. Yeah. I love yes. that. Re- why? Let's recreate. Um, yeah. And, and we do. Need, we quite literally. It's like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. We quite literally do need to recreate the wheel. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> because the ones we have right now are not working. No. 
Not at all. Yeah. We've, we've run the tread off this time. Yeah. We're ready for something new. Uh, and I, I can't wait to see um, really what, what snack is going to do. Cause I feel yeah. like y'all have grown a lot, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I see, I sort of see you all everywhere and I'm really excited for the next, um, the sort of next step. I think that kind of like you were saying, all of us that are doing these same things, we come together and we can create an even more uplifting and cohesive community mm-hmm. that, you know, especially after we come out of all of this like isolation and separation and COVID, like to embrace things even more and to grow even more. Um, yeah. I really look forward to seeing everything yeah. that you're doing. And I thank you so much for joining Seriously, us today yeah. and, and really giving us um Sort of like a peek behind the curtain too, yeah. right? Of just um, who who you all are working with, and Kelsey and I cannot wait to bring one of your youth on here and get them yes. to blow our minds. I need a little snack yeah. on this podcast. Oh, a I need a little snack. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, no, we will definitely make that happen. And I did want to say um, one more thing. We are looking, um, we've been in talks to open a South, well, it's more than talks. Um, we're opening a South SAC location. Um, oh, that's exciting. Town. So, and in addition to the medical, dental, and behavioral health that we'll be opening in South SAC, we will also have um, a native youth and family space. So the native oh, people finally wow. have their own gathering place um, for them to have programming. They'll be helping with the wow. design um, and really just putting together programming for that. So that's coming um, in 2022, and we're very excited. Oh, that is yes. so exciting. That is, I can't wait. That is so exciting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Thank you so much, Janine. We really appreciate your time today. And, yeah, we're looking forward to the next – couple years see how y'all kick butt yes thank you so much for having me and i will definitely Uh, find some youth to to join you next time uh we'd love that of course all right thank you have a great one bye if you'd like to get involved with the future is youth podcast or be connected to any of our services or guest speakers please contact us on instagram at Elevate Queer YOLO or by email at elevatequeeryolo at gmail.com.